Welcome to my basement, everybody. I hope you are all having a fantastic Friday and getting ready for a wicked weekend. We can put a little TM on that. I've got a couple of great guests for the show today. I'm a hyper fan of Yacht Club Games, and they agreed to be on Vic's Basement. So thank you very much to Sean Velasco and Celia Schilling. Thank you so much, you guys. And congratulations to your company and to both of you for launching Cyber Shadow. It is an extraordinary game that has just come out this week, um, and it's on ex- it's on everything. I've been playing it on Game Pass, though. Um, yes. Tell me about uh, Cyber Shadow. What is what is Cyber Shadow? Uh, well, Cyber Shadow is a side-scrolling, eight-bit-style ninja action adventure, the kind that we grew up playing as kids, or at least I did. Uh, you know, I, I grew up playing like a Ninja Gaiden on NES, Batman on NES. Uh, there's a lot of these deep pulls, and so that's what Cyber Shadow is, except. All of the all of the old weirdnesses have kind of been removed, and we polished it to a to a polished sheen. <laughs> now you worked with an outside developer, Mechanical Head, I think is the name of the the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really Arne's game, uh, not ours. Uh, Arne Hunziker, who who's the he's basically a solo dev. He is Mechanical Head. Uh, they've been working on Cyber Shadow for years and years and uh, you know it was only a couple of years ago that yacht club got involved we kind of helped him get it across the finish line and put it out so uh yeah i mean it was it's really his project but we did our best to try and make it show uh as good as it possibly could be how did you guys find each other was did you see arne at a uh, convention or something or how did how did you even connect to do this uh, you know, I want to say David D'Angelo, who is uh, one of the other devs, he's always looking through Twitter, trying to find cool new projects. And I think he was scrolling through and saw some Cyber Shadow stuff. Um, you know, RNA had been posting like teaser images and things, and we saw it and we're like, well, what's this? This looks this looks amazing. Uh, you know, we then, so then we poked him, hey, do you need a publisher? Or like, do you want to, you know, you want to work with us? And, and he was like, no. But we were like, wait, 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 no, hold on, wait, come back, come back, come back, come back. And, you know, he's he's a really independent guy. And we had to convince him that we would treat his project well and that we were the right partner for him. But uh, I think in the end, yeah, it really worked out great. When you encounter somebody that is so independent, like, I mean, we're talking this person did all of it by himself, except for the music, I think, right, for the game. Yep. How do you, how do you convince somebody that you have you know, things to offer a person that's that self-contained? Well, I think some, hopefully some of Yacht Club's uh, capabilities would be a little more obvious. Like we go to conventions all the time and we go around the world to show our games. Um, We have, we have uh, inroads with all of the publishers already or with all of the, uh, with all the platform holders i mean so since we already have those relationships and like since we kind of have a megaphone and because we're developers we like we make shovel knight we love these kinds of games this is like us um so they know uh, hopefully arne would know that we're not just you know we're in it for the passion and yeah yeah you know and and that's true um and it took a lot of back and forth and a lot of working out but uh i really think yeah it just really came out great and He's he's been he's just been so good with with feedback and uh, our our back and forth is is very how to say it's it's almost like a, it's it's just a it's a very <laughs> uh, it's it's hard to say there's just a lot of warm good feelings around the whole thing he feels like family now yeah. that's awesome man and, and where is Arne based. He's in Finland. Mm-hmm. He's in Finland. Amazing. That's so cool. So, it's, yeah, we've only really met in person, uh, you know, on a handful of occasions. That's so wild. Celia, you you uh, started at Yacht Club about a year ago. Yes. Um, what was it about the company and the group of people that you were meeting with that, you know, felt special to you, that you, that you wanted to come and join these guys? Oh, man, so much. Uh, first, first of all, foremost, I really loved Shovel Knight. So like I went into the interview being like, oh, I'm a big fan. Uh, don't let them know. Yes, professionalism. Um, <laughs> but in general, um, when I like like when I look for companies to like work with, 
is primarily looking at passion. Like, are they having fun? Do they love what they do? Is it is it not really work, but it's more of like an enjoyment of having fun? And uh, yeah, they're they're a bunch of fun folks. So I knew it was the right fit. How big is uh, is Yacht Club right now, Celia? Uh, I think we're we're like twenty five people now, Sean. I think. Uh, yeah, you know, we yeah, almost doubled in size, like in the past year. It was so funny because like, right when Celia came on, we were hiring many people and we're like, okay, your first day is going to be in a month or two. And then COVID hit and it was like, <laughs> some people we haven't even seen in person, like ever. Oh man. Yeah. What? It's so nuts. Hey, how did the company kind of adapt to, you know, the stay at home orders and, and the lockdowns and stuff? Are, are you guys all kind of cool with work from home at this point? Like it's, it's worked out. Like um, I started from home and so um, our colleague Shannon, she handles operations. She's amazing. She uh, set me up with my computer and everything I needed. And like, it's been pretty, pretty great. And we also use like Slack and Discord so I can bother anyone at any time. Um, so it's been pretty smooth, but personally I would love like for the world to go back to normal and yeah. be able to see how tall yeah. everyone is and <laughs> hang out. <laughs> Basic things Just like that, yeah. Yeah, just being able to go back and forth within in a group and have mm -hmm. that dynamic is so valuable, especially when you're riffing on making a game together. I, I just can't wait to get back in the office with everyone. Yeah, it's, it has been a little bit. It has been a little bit hard being so separated. I bet. I mean, you your games feel very uh, improvisational and personal. <laughs> they feel like they're built fully from the heart. Uh, Sean, take take us back a little bit to the the early days of Yacht Club, and and uh, um, you, what was the catalyst? What what pushed you and the other you know team members that that started the company? Uh, you started the company together with what pushed you in that direction? Why did you want to do that? Uh, okay, well, yeah, let's go let's go back in history a little bit. Um, most of the original Yacht Club team uh, worked at a company called Way Forward before yep. uh and way forward if you know if you don't know is made games like shantae and uh the mighty flip series and we worked on games like contra uh blood rain double dragon as, as well as a bunch of other licensed stuff right when working it way forward we learned how to turn games out really fast and and way forward's dna is also very much in that side scrolling platformer uh space right so that was the kind of stuff that we really loved to make but we wanted to make our own games and we wanted to strike out on our own and we also wanted to keep our team together uh way forward a lot of times they would shuffle the teams around because they're a big company uh and so we couldn't all stay together we're like no we want to keep working together so this was also right around the time when kickstarter was becoming a thing and double fine adventure had come out and did huge and we're like okay maybe maybe all of these things can align so that's what we decided to do we wanted to make side-scrolling games or 8-bit games or games that were inspired by the kinds of things that we loved playing um we thought that 8-bit would be something that we really know but also something that we could do especially as a small team right we couldn't it would be hard to make a big 3d game or an mmo or you know something ridiculous so we wanted to stay small do what our expertise was and we just made a little pitch for shovel knight right uh and put it up on kickstarter and yeah it really just blew up uh you <laughs> know youtubers awesome. yeah youtubers started covering us this was like when youtube was like starting to become a really big thing and uh it just grew and grew. We started going to PAX or we went to PAX during the Kickstarter and we ended up funding 300% of our original goal. And so with that nest egg of cash, we set to work making Shovel Knight. Uh, and we went later than we thought we were going to and we ran out of money and it was desperate for a little bit, but eventually it all came out. And yeah, since then, everything has... Uh, has been okay and we've we've managed to parlay that success into making more stuff and trying to put shovel knight in as many places as we can and making more cool games and also helping out other indie devs and other yeah. uh you know other other people that we're aligned with to try to just make more cool games in the world how, how important was it um to, to hit all of the, uh, the the milestone goals with Kickstarter and the promises that you were making to the support? Because that's one thing that's very clear about Yacht Club is that you not only delivered an excellent 
initial offering with Shovel Knight, you kept going and over-delivering. And it feels that that's a part of your mythology at this point. Uh, yeah, myth- mythology is a strong word, but I, I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, that th- we really felt like we had to be careful and do well by our fans and you know by the people that had bought our game we had to fulfill our promises yeah and that was that was definitely one of the most important things to us so yeah we had to do all those kickstarter stretch goals and the the way that we ended up fulfilling them was a little bit different than we had originally planned on right we had little sidebars that said oh, you're going to add a battle mode or we're going to add another character that you could play as. And, you know, those those bullet points ended up becoming their own games that, <laughs> yeah. had, yeah, that, had, a, that had a two-year <laughs> development cycle and, yeah, just got ginormous. <laughs> but we were... we could do that we were we were allowed to do that because we we had enough sales from the game that we could take a little bit longer and we thought why not why not try to make it big and give all of the games away to all of the original kickstarter backers for free so they would have everything and just try and make it as big as possible by by making the best games we can and not Try, try not to compromise too much on it. Totally. I think that people can see that and hopefully that quality comes through even if the financial decisions that we're making may not be like the smart the smartest ones all the time. Well, you you make those decisions <laughs> in an effort to help other people not make those decisions at this point. Right. Yes. Yeah. Celia, <laughs> yeah. you have a lot of connection with the outside world outside of Yacht Club as the marketing manager. I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious what you hear back about the company and about Shovel Knight. Um, all positive things. No one's came up to me and been like, ooh, that shovel guy. Um, yeah, it's everyone's really, really happy with the franchise, what the developers did and like what we did technically. <laughs> and um, the fact that they held on to their promises. Yacht Club Games like is kind of, uh, from what I've seen from outside, like how I viewed the company before I was a part of them, uh, is that like they're the good guy developers, like they hold on to their promises, you know, through thick and thin and like really are set out to make great games. And as someone who is like a retro enthusiast, I love retro gaming and seeing like the way that they develop the game to have that nostalgic feel, but something brand new and something really special is is amazing. Totally. Happy 35th anniversary to Mario, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, get, getting his own theme park and everything. It's amazing. That's the, that's the dream. That's one day, one day, Shovel Knight theme park. Dude, Marco that might works. happen. Uh, and congrats to you on your Arby's order there, Sean. That's fantastic that you're going to get oh. the sandwich that you want as well. Oh, yeah, thanks. I'd love me a beef and cheddar. <laughs> beef and cheddar. Uh, all right, I've got some shout-outs here for people that have joined. Hip Hop Dan was first in the chat room. I love you, buddy. Thank you. Good to see you. Happy Friday from Paul Adamson, Kashimoto. Pathetic Earthling is here. I, that always breaks my heart when I say that Pathetic Earthling, but that's your name, so i got to say it. Uh, Wilden is here. Tommy Bakic, uh, Taz. Hey, peeps. Um, Kashimoto, awesome. Uh, Pat, uh, Patrick Adams, will you be using my Super Mario Brothers NES font for your next NES-styled game uh, post-Cyber Shadow? It is a complete replica of the font found in Super Mario Brothers and other first-party NES games. That's from Patrick Adams. So I guess that's a question, and that's what I wanted to say to everybody in the chat is if you've got questions for Yacht Club Yacht Club games, I'll do my best to filter through here and ask some of them. Um, so Patrick has a a uh, a, an, a Mario Brothers NES font, and uh, he's I guess he's offering it up there, Sean. Uh well, <laughs> that's that sounds really cool. We uh, I would recommend to email support at yachtclubgames.com if you wanted to communicate with us in any kind of official capacity. Cool. As far as our fonts go, we have uh, we actually use a variety of fonts in Shovel Knight, and uh, we have like a small eight pixel font. We have an even smaller, I think, six pixel font that fits in other areas. But does your font support diacritic? and does it support all of the European language stuff? Because that's really important too. A lot of times with fonts, we would use them and then when it would come time to localize, it'd be like, oh no, we're missing half of the characters. So right. um, yeah, fonts are a minefield. You got to license them too. But there's a, there's a bunch of good ones out there. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you got that info. Um, 
somebody uh, somebody's got some. Oh, uh, uh, Serpens Six says Shovel Knight, the best shovelware I've played. You, you guys good. like puns, right? But, yeah, we must, very, very good. <laughs> probably, probably heard that one before. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Shovel Knight here for a second. And we'll get back to sh- uh, to Cyber Shadow because that's the game we're celebrating this week. Uh, but Shovel Knight, I, I, was it a um, was it an easy birth, or was it complicated and frustrating? And was there, uh, you know, a lot of things left on the cutting room floor? How did it how did it come together? Uh, okay, the original Shovel Knight, Shovel of Hope, was a game that we were really making uh, by the seat of our pants <laughs> as a first, as even though we'd made games before, as a first time as our studio, we had a lot of technology that we had to build that wasn't, that we didn't have put together, and uh, stringing all that together is really challenging. Um, so that part was a little crazy. But I would say the development of the game, as far as the gameplay, it was it was really good from the get-go. Like once mm. we had Shovel Knight moving around, jumping, doing the shovel drop, attacking enemies, that core, I would say, came together really fast. Uh, and it had to come together fast because we were rushing to make a demo for PAX, which I previously mentioned we had booked to be during the Kickstarter to try and get as much attention as possible, but we didn't have a demo. <laughs> so we thought, you know, we'll we'll pitch it anyway, or we'll bring it anyway. And if we don't have the game, then we could just bring Super Mario 64 and some beanbag chairs, and we could just talk about the game, even though it wasn't out yet. Either way, we got that space. So we worked as hard as we could uh, to get that to get that first demo out. And... Was it playable? Was it something that you oh, let yeah. The, yeah, the public yeah, could, could play? All, all of, yeah, you could play King Knight, Pride More Keep. That stage is probably 80% the same as it was in that very, very first PAX demo. But yeah, that was the most, I'd say that was the most crazy uh, part was in the beginning. And once we were testing the game and we had our friends and family playing it and enjoying it, we said, we said okay, this is, you know, this is going to be okay. We, we think it's going to be okay. And it did go over very well at PAX. So that was like a huge relief. Uh, but then after the relief was over, we had to come back and finish the game, which after you produce one stage, making all, all the rest of them is a little bit more easy. But the, uh, the, like I said, we always take longer than we say we're going to. We wanted to have the game done in a year, but it took about 18 months. And um, that's because we there's always unexpected things. There's always a feature that you want to add that you think would be cool to, that takes just a little bit more time. Sure. And um yeah, so that I would say the pressure definitely ramped up at the end, and it just it became very very grueling by the end of it. It was like uh, people would ask us how we were doing or how, how's it going. We'd say everything is getting worse except for shovel, <laughs> except for shovel night, and that's getting better. And that's getting better. So yeah, uh, since then we've decided not to do too much crunching. Like we really kind of have like a no crunch policy, uh, right? But, People, that doesn't mean that's not to say that people d- haven't put in a lot of extra time. You know, you got to be really careful about that kind of stuff. For sure. Yeah. And, I, you know, when you're building something brand new and it's always way harder, right? Like when you left way forward, did you have all of the the people and the know-how and the experience that you needed to start a company? Or did you start making something and then the company came out of the making something? Uh, well, we knew we, it was, it was kind of both things at, Mm. at way forward. We, part of our frustrations were that we wanted to do more of the company part, right? Mm. We wanted to, we wanted to be able to control our brand from every, you know, a hundred percent without having anyone influence what the box art was going to look like or how it was going to get developed or how long we were going to take or how much money we were going to lose or anything. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just a, uh. Yeah, so challenges for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Celia, let's talk a little bit about um, spreading the word about Cyber Shadow. I guess one of the challenges that you guys are facing right now, Yacht Club is a pretty big brand in the indie gaming scene. Um, mm-hmm. Is it is it a, a tough thing to kind of say, this is made by someone else and we're publishing it and trying to sort of educate people along that way? Or are, are, are people getting it? Um, I think... 
initially because like I came in uh, when I came in, we already had started marketing Cyber Shadow. Yeah. So I think there was an established point of this is Mechanical Head Studio uh, game. This is RNA's game, and we're providing like some feedback with it, and we're publishing it. Uh, but it is his game, and like sure, you know, if someone sees something at face value, you know, what we've tried to do is like in the trailer, we'll have like our logos next to each other. Or, um, or or if we show our logo, you know, we'll make sure to show his as well, just right. so there's that brand identity there. So we're not confusing um, publisher and developer. Um, but at face value, if someone sees the boat, you know, they're going to be like, Yacht Club Games. But we've always made sure to give Arne his credit for it's it's his game. It's it's his child. It's it's his. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's that's part of the education from coming from a, a relatively larger company like WayForward. You you learned a lot of great things but there's also some lessons that you're you probably have carried forward that you you want to give more autonomy to the people that you work with and the companies that you work with right that that must be important to you yeah yeah absolutely i mean as a publisher i mean we've worked under publishers for so long that we know what developers would love and what developers would get annoyed by right. so we try to I, I mean sometimes the annoying things uh, they're necessary but yeah. <laughs> we try to mitigate that as much as possible i mean we really want to be a good publisher and yeah we'll give give everyone their due uh I don't know. It's when when Nintendo publishes a game, you it comes with a certain level of quality that you uh, you have a level of confidence, and we hope that that same thing will happen with any game that has the Yacht Club label on it as well. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, you have Shovel Knight in Smash, and uh, yeah. how did that come together, and how surreal was it to see your your guy in that game? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about how it came together, but yeah. it was, it, it was almost more like a surprise, like, Hey, guess what? You know, do you want to, is this, do you want to do this? Or it was like, you know, are you kidding me? <laughs> right? and, and we found out so much like so long before the game came out and we had to keep it a secret just forever. Oh, wow. So, so it was like years when, and we're like, okay just don't even like i'm even talking about it now it's still that a little bit of like oh is that allowed <laughs> uh, yeah and as far as how it feels it's like amazing that's uh you know smash is is the most biggest most lovingest celebration of video games it is like, isn't it yeah it, yeah every character that they put in there is so lovingly rendered like you know i'm, I'm a mega man fan obviously i love mega man <laughs> uh and the mega man that they made for smash even though it was different than all of the mega man arts that had been around it just felt so perfect like and so perfectly embodied that character yeah is is just it's just amazing. So yeah, to have Shovel Knight in there, it's just a massive honor. Uh, just even that Shovel Knight would be at Nintendo, and that they would, and that they would, uh, they would include us. It's just amazing. It's a, yeah. it's a. Uh, honestly, it's a match made in heaven. I was telling you guys before we were rolling how much uh, you know Shovel Knight and the launch of the Switch are paired. To, I think I even had it on a different platform prior to that, but it just felt like the perfect game on the Switch. It will never leave my Switch. And, I, I, you know, I, you, you can get Shovel Knight anywhere. I, is it on Stadia even now at this point? Are you... it, uh... not, <laughs> not yet. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's out there. You can play it in a bunch of different places. But that it's relation... on everything. Yeah. It is, right? But that relationship with Nintendo is... Uh, was that something that you had to really work to create or was that sort of built in because you'd already developed a lot of really cool things through way forward? Uh, well, our way forward connections definitely did help us. There's a, uh, there's a guy named Dan Edelman who yeah. used, who was the head of Xbox yep. live. And then he went over to Nintendo and now he's a, and now he's an independent guy. But uh, during those days, uh, Dan was our contact and he was always a real indie kind of guy. So he was one of the first phone calls that we made when we started Yacht Club. Hey, we're going to do an indie thing. We want to be on the eShop. And he's, he really helped us out a lot. He, he got dev kits over to us right away. And uh, that was like, that was amazing. And yeah, I mean, since then, Nintendo has just been really, really good with us. And I mean, we've tried to do our best with them too, right? Like we love Nintendo and we, and uh, we want to make sure that that 
relationship is a two-way street so yeah everything has been going everything has been going really well with them and between the amiibo and yeah Smash I, that's what and, i wanted to ask here man yeah. the, the, it's not every game that comes to the nintendo platform gets an amiibo made out of their character you have several shovel knight amiibos too right it's not just the, mm-hmm. the yeah, main character are, there's five amiibo amazing yeah. so that's a different conversation with different people than than a, a Smash conversation. How does that come together? Uh, well, the Amiibo was... Uh, they were going to start doing Amiibo, I think, and were... Uh, I'm not sure about how much I'm allowed to talk about it, but <laughs> we had the opportunity to do Amiibo, and we were capable of doing it because we always wanted Shovel Knight to be a brand that had merchandise and licensing and cereal and bed sheets and a theme park and uh, you know, etc. Right, hoodies. awesome right. hoodies and, and apparel, which I bought at PAX right here, right there. It's the dopest. <laughs> right oh my god yeah that fan gamer the fan gamer does such amazing stuff we're yes. really grateful to them for all their stuff um right but because we wanted to do licensed stuff that means that we had already been having those avenues and so we already wanted to make toys we were already talking to toy companies and license and licensing people so when the amiibo opportunity arose we were able to act on it in a way that i think that a lot of other smaller developers our size i mean they don't care as much about that type of stuff as we do so we were able to we were able to take advantage of that and i mean that's it's been our goal to make a toy so it was really a match made in heaven and th- just the fact that it could work with the nintendo game and we could add more cool content in there and it all works together it's just i mean that it was it's like exactly the kind of stuff that we're into so it was perfect that's awesome take us in i've got a little bit of footage here of treasure trove i, do, I know probably everybody that's in the chat right now knows this game but treasure trove it is just jam-packed. Take us into all of the stuff that's in Treasure Trove while I run some of the footage of it. Sure. Um, all right. Well, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove is comprised of five different games, starting from the original Shovel Knight and then uh, four more campaigns, each one involving a different character, a different boss character from Shovel Knight. So there's Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows featuring Plague Knight, Shovel Knight Specter of Torment featuring Specter Knight, and Shovel Knight King of Cards with King Knight. Each one is its own game with different gameplay and mobility and a story and new music and like a lot of new stuff. In some ways, it's almost like Lion King one and a half. Like there, it's like the story told from a different perspective. Uh, but the but they all interweave in a way that hopefully will be like very satisfying. And each game, I would say, the quality also the quality bar goes up like with every game because we've been learning with each uh, with each version. But then on top of that, there's also Shovel Knight Showdown, which is a four player uh, competitive cooperative battling fighting game that you can play with your friends so and that features more than 22 characters from the shovel knight universe so it's like really the full shovel knight package and there are if there are feats there are challenges there's uh amiibo support there's a two-player co-op there are cameos from a multitude of other characters (laughs) uh so it's really i i think there are dozens and dozens of hours of gameplay in there and getting everything is quite a feat. I mean, that that is an epic description of a product right there. There's so much work involved in that game. <laughs> so the beginning of of uh, of this compendium of Shovel Knight experiences was like 2012. The the original Shovel Knight Kickstarter was in March of 2013, and the game released in 2014. Okay, so you started with the Kickstarter. That was like, we're going. Yes. So right yeah, around yeah. that time. And so yep. when 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 did you wrap up everything for uh, Treasure Trove? Twenty twenty. So it came out. Every, <laughs> everything everything came out in December. Or wait, is that right? December twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. So, yeah. So by the time twenty twenty came around, we were totally done. That's a um, big chunk of your life. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, the biggest, it's definitely the biggest project uh, that that I've worked on. You know, the Shovel Knight project was from 2013 to to, to 2020, basically. It's a, 
Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really crazy. But you know, it's also five different games, and each one was different. It's not like we were mired in development for five right. years on no, the no. same you product. You were making stuff all the way along. Yeah. And some games have that happen, you know, it's like, you know, I, I talked to Debs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we managed to put a game out, you know, almost every year. So that's we're pretty proud of that. That's wild. That's wild. Um, Celia, when you when you joined up with the company and you saw the process here, was this something that you had seen anywhere else? Had you been to game development studios to kind of compare and contrast at all? Or is this... You, you know, kind of a new world for you, the the kind of work ethic that uh, the Yacht Club teams have. It was definitely a different experience. Like in my past, because um, before Yacht Club Games, I worked in hard, uh, hardware development. Yep. And then before that, I worked for like an AR app-based company, but I had nothing to do with like their development like whatsoever. So to get um, like, I guess a ground zero of like everyone, like of, of what they've done and like learning about the process of how like Yacht Club Games works was amazing. Like, uh, it's so collaborative. Like the whole team talks about things together and like to be able to be a part of that, even though I'm in marketing is, is kind of cool to to check out. Yeah, it feels like that's the only way to do this too, right? It feels like, you know, from, ju- just judging off of the the games that you're making and the and the the feel of the games, it feels like all hands on deck. And I, it, it I, there's some some something kind of like a, a writer's room sensibility about the way that they play. Am I wrong in that? Is that a that's wrong? A, no, that's a, that's a, I've never heard that before. And that is a excellent sentiment that I really appreciate. <laughs> well, Thank you. Yeah. yeah it feels, it feels like people are chipping in and, and, uh, and that's so cool. Like when you start a project like the treasure trove, which has these different vantage points and stuff, do you map that out? Is that something where you, you chart it all up on a board and, and, and you, what do you make, uh, like diagrams of how the levels are going to be? How do you even begin? How do we plan it? Uh, Well, game to game, we we definitely didn't plan it that much. We said, we're going to do the Shovel Knight and then we'll worry about the rest later. Okay. Um, So with Plague Knight, we said, oh, this is going to be grafted on the Shovel Knight and we don't want to change too much, but we'll just change the character. We'll just change the story. And then, well, we ended up changing way more than we thought we were going to. (laughs) By the time Spectre came along we thought we can't use the same levels anymore because people aren't gonna have fun with them it's gonna be too boring and you this uh now that we have the ability to take a little bit longer on these games maybe we could so at that point we made the decision to separate the games out into their own games sell them separately and take a lot longer on each of them right um we don't plan too much about exactly what it's going to be but we do have i would say a few bullet points and those those beacons is what we would always hold on to cool. um, when it comes to the development of the game as a team i think we we also have a beacon that we try and aim for and as long as we all understand what that beacon is and it's set then that's that's where everyone is going and if someone says something that's outside of those lines it's almost like everyone's responsibility to try and aim us all back towards where we're headed very um, good so, yeah, I think that's what's cool about working collaboratively is it's not like one person is is saying something, one person that has that whose mood could be different from one day to the next or who could change their mind a lot. It's like we have this very consistent idea of what we want the game to be and everyone really works toward what th- that is. It's like we're all, we're all riffing on the same chords, you know. And I I guess a uh, sort of a universal understanding of of what you want to achieve as a company. Do, do you have to kind of re um, connect around that on a, on a consistent basis to kind of make sure that you're aligned in the, in the same direction? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. we have, we, yeah, we have planned We just had a one the other day of uh, planning meetings of what is our year going to look like? What is, you know, what is our five years going to look like? Right. What do we, what are our giant, hairy, audacious goals that we want to have in the future? Um, and do we all agree on those? What other yeah. kinds of what other kinds of new business do? We, how do we like being a publisher? Now that Cyber Shadows out, do we want to publish a billion games? If we do that, then we won't have any time for development. Or do we yeah. want to grow and become? You know, we started out as five or six people. Now we're 25 ish people. Yeah. We don't want to get any bigger than that, right? Or do we? Yeah. I guess those are the kinds of questions that we would have a discussion about. 
Yeah, those are good questions. Not always easy questions, but those are the, the things that you constantly have to kind of assess. Uh, I've got yeah. some questions actually from uh, from the chat, and this is my uh, cue to you guys. If you have questions for these two, please write them in. I'll do my best to get to them. Ben Foster asks, how do third-party collaborations like Level 99's exceed factor into marketing strategy? Oh, yeah. So for licensing with um, like other companies, uh, there's actually a lot that goes into it. It isn't just like they send us an email like, can we put Shovel Knight in our game or in our board game? And we just go, cool. And then that's it. Yeah. Like there's a lot that goes into it. There's um, like brand guides, making sure that it has like a certain like aesthetic to what we would like Shovel Knight to look like and all our other characters. Um, there's a lot of back and forth um, with approvals and it does start though. Like, don't let me like, uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, don't let me like make it sound like it's a huge, huge, huge process. Like they do message us and they say, Hey, like we'd like to do this, but there's a lot of negotiations in between, sure. but it's a fun collaborative process. It starts there from is. love, right? It starts <laughs> from people having a, a respect for what you've created and wanting to include the character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And man, and we, I think, we can really we get that sense a lot too so there's something about shovel knight where people come out of the woodwork and talk about it in a way that feels very genuine and that's really cool so well, things I, like i don't know how you guys did it but you know shovel knight is one of those characters in games and there are there are several of these that you can point to but there's this feeling like you chipped away the clay and it was there you know like there's a permanence around <laughs> yeah. this character it wasn't just like it was just like, it wasn't, it wasn't ephemeral. It was like, pff, of course there's a shovel night and of course it's going to be here forever. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It's like a, it's like a song that you hear for the first time and it seems like you just heard it a million times before. Totally. I guess that's the magic of nostalgia, right? And maybe that's what pulls you in with Shovel Knight. But then, like, we had to put our money where our mouth is and actually deliver on that gameplay and on, on everything else. And totally. Think, yeah. Managed it there as well. Yeah. We got a good question from Sam. I am one 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 saying, "Is there a genre of game that Yacht Club hasn't made yet that they, that you guys would like to try?" Wow. Well, we love all kinds of games, right? What do you think, Celia? Oh man, so many. I have like a list. If you know, we yeah. want to go over it. <laughs> we talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, man, it's it would be fun. Well, we're we're making a puzzle game. I was going to say it'd be fun to make a puzzle game, but we're uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is already in development. Um, We've got some footage fun. of that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that one, Sean? Sure. Uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is an all-new puzzle game featuring uh, char the characters and everything from the Shovel Knight universe. But what's really interesting about it is it has this unique mechanic. Uh, when Shovel Knight, he, you move around a well, uh, like almost like Tetris, but when you bounce into enemies, if they're adjacent to one another, they all take damage. And so it's, you got to play it almost like a puzzle game where you're grouping enemies together and attacking them, getting potions, earning money. And interestingly, the whole dungeon takes place like in the well so the so like a door will fall down and a key will fall down and then you got to get the key into the door and it oh, takes wow. you to the next level but it's like taking you to the next level in the well and there's bosses there's mini bosses there's a bunch of items uh and it goes level by level you you start to build a build almost like a roguelike and it's so it's like it's like a it's like a roguelike act like action adventure puzzle game um it's almost a little bit like crypt of the necro dancer if you've ever played yes. that where you're where you're moving on a grid yeah uh and yeah but it has a it has a really unique feel and it, when by looking at it you could see it looks like all those puzzle games that i i don't know i certainly love like super puzzle fighter 2 turbo and totally. panel de pawn and uh you know puyo tetris and you know we, we have a really cool two-player mode um that, are you guys making that internally or is that a, a, a an external partner that you're working with this is a co-development yeah but it, but we are this was an external partner in fact uh russell rafferty the the guy who's who's he's responsible like for the concept of this game yeah and and so we yeah we came together and we're like okay let's make this like into a let's make this into a big full product so he's yeah uh, oh that's so wild so yeah, you guys are you guys are doing publishing of external teams and external products like cyber shadow which is a game composed by somebody else and you yes. said look we think we can help you get this out to more people and you did bravo 
congratulations on that. Uh, but then you're also making your own and publishing your own stuff. And then you're also um, partnering with other companies and co-developing and making things together with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, yep. there a, is there another thing? Is there an animation uh, studio percolating? Is there a Shovel Knight cartoon you want to tell us about? <laughs> you know, stay, stay tuned. It's, it's, never, <laughs> yeah, it's never too early to speculate. But, yeah, all the way, yeah, all the way to the moon. We're going we're gonna to take it all the way. With Shovel mm-hmm. Knight cartoon, Shovel Knight movie, Shovel Knight theme park, Shovel oh, Knight bed sheets. I love Shovel it. <laughs> well, yeah. what's Shovel Knight dig? So... Or I can talk about it. Um, yeah, go for it. So yeah. So uh, Sean, you can correct me if I am incorrect on this one because I'm pretty new to it. But uh, it's a 2D dungeon crawler and it's very like roguelike. And uh, we're working actually with Nitrum on this one. And uh, basically in it, like Drill Knight is like up to no good. And he's digging a lot of like tunnels and it's up to Shovel Knight and the gang to like uh, stop him. And uh, we don't have a whole lot about it out right now. It's got um, a little Mr. Driller vibe. So yeah a little dig well, dug right dig well shovel knight dig you this is like the first game where shovel knight actually digs yeah. right? like, <laughs> like in the original shovel knight you would bounce on enemies and break blocks but in this one you actually could like dig through dirt and uh it is it is a roguelike and it has procedurally generated level chunks mm-hmm. that are connected to one another so but it also has a variety of bosses there's a new group of knights called the hexcavators that are that are trying to dig down into the center of the earth for nefarious purposes and this looks great they, yeah i mean it's like a it's like a super nintendo style shovel knight and it's a roguelike uh once again you can keep getting your build going as you as you go down the well over and over again you can get your uh well you can get further down to where the boss is and it's it's a really complete feeling experience for being a roguelike right i guess uh when i when you hear roguelike you think like it's like a one shot but it's like a big it's like a big meaty adventure and mm-hmm. it's and the graphics are amazing too and nitrome is so cool um they sure do great stuff that's awesome so you have your mm-hmm. 8-bit kind of aesthetic with uh the shovel knight games that you guys have really worked on Pocket Dungeon is, I think, in the, the in the vein of the 8-bit kind of space. Now we're getting into the Super Nintendo kind of space. Nintendo has done the 3D variant of Shovel Knight in uh, Smash. Are, right. are, are, is there a desire from your team to get into 3D stuff, or is 2D your direction? Well, one of our... You know, one of our favorite games, one of my favorite game probably is Super Mario 64. Sure would be fun to make a 3D Shovel Knight game someday that had really cool Shovel Knight mobility in a 3D platformer. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. That is awesome. But, yeah, that would be great. I would that love sounds, to do that. That sounds epic. So is it a um, a conscious effort then at the at the studio to kind of look at the influences and look at the eras of uh titles and then sort of work your way through them is that something that that you're charting or is it just happening like that well uh hard hard to say i guess we it's it kind of seems like we're a certain amount of years behind and then we're just like progressing through history only (laughs) like a few years back but but pocket dungeon is definitely not a uh you know it almost feels like a like a playstation or like a sega saturn game with a lot sure, of particles sure. all moving around yeah and i mean shovel knight dig though it is like a super nintendo style game is it has very modern sensibilities with its structure sure so um i don't know i think we're just putting it all in a blender i would definitely not be surprised to see another game in a 8-bit or in a game boy or in a i don't know turbo graphics style or you know wherever the wherever our needs may take us i think we could go all, all the way up and down the the uh technological scale and be okay i'm down it. for a shovel knight vr one of these days guys one of these days yeah, v- <laughs> so- vr grid is all over that he's he does a, a lot of great coverage of the vr space and he's always up and down on on our chats talking about vr i actually have a couple more questions here this one's from uh uh, Noah Inez, who says, uh, "How's the development on SK Dig and Pocket Dungeon going, and what projects are being wor- uh, what? I guess we're, we're, get, we're slow, slowly starting to get into that. And what right. was it like getting Shovel Knight into ROA? What's what's ROA? Uh, that's Rivals of Ether, probably. Oh, yeah. oh yes, okay. Yeah. So um, what, was, what was that like? Uh, well, 
Shovel Knight and Rivals of Ether was awesome. They had Dan, um, Dan Fornacy, who is like the solo dev on Rivals of Ether, is just delivered us this completely nutso pitch for what the Shovel Knight character would be. And, you know, because that game is very much like a Smash Brothers, uh, all the characters have so much complexity. And we said, man, couldn't it just be simpler? Like, you know, you hit and you shovel drop and, and <laughs> he's like, no, we're going to make this thing where you purchase, you purchase items from Chester and every move is represented. It, it really was like having Shovel Knight, having his own Smash character representation. That's that, great. So that was amazing. Um, yeah, he, he did such an amazing job on it. That's um, awesome. Why, and when, when are we going to yeah, be the... getting Dig and Pocket Dungeon? How close are we on those ones, do you think? Uh, I don't, maybe Celia, you can help me with that. Uh, so, they are currently in development right now. Please stay tuned to our social media pages and our website for more updates. Right. When we have more, we'll tell you. Here we go. Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. Sound, yeah, you sound like you've said that once or twice before. No, this is off the cuff. I've never said it in my life. <laughs> Uh, okay, Pixel Pieces says, is it strange that I have a guttural reaction to the thought of Shovel Knight being given a voice? I wonder if Yacht Club Games members have had some thought, uh, some of their own internal struggles. That's, I, I, does, is the Shovel Knight going to have a voice, do you think? Sean is the voice of Shovel Knight in ukulele. <laughs> That's true, yeah, in, uh, in ukulele. Shovel Knight makes an appearance and like, you know, they have Banjo-Kazooie style do 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 yes, yes. dialogue. And so they had they had me record a couple of of rare styles. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So so in that one I'm the voice. But it, you know, there Shovel Knight's also in a game called Blade Strangers, where he's like he's this enormous hulking, it's like a fighting game, and he's this enormous hulking, like Zangie's size character in that game and he has like it's it's all in japanese but he has like a very low like like uh like angry voice i'm not sure that's i'm not sure that's really right either i i guess that it also gives us pause to think about what shovel knight's voice would sound yeah. like yeah yeah i i really yeah i don't know i think maybe if if he were gonna have a voice maybe it would be something like link where he makes a he makes an utterance and you could get the oh. sense for the timbre of his voice yeah. <laughs> yes right but not but not exactly having a not having like voiced lines i'm not sure i mean if he's i guess if we're gonna have the shovel knight movie he's gotta have a voice there I guess things are gonna change we just saw yesterday roger comedian. craig smith is not no longer sonic the hedgehog in the, in oh, the that's video. right that's and, our, and yeah stuff happens you know never, never a better time <laughs> yeah uh let's see if i've got another question in here um uh uh, Directional Joy says, "Phew, a 3D platformer is a lot of work. I imagine lofty ambitions for the Blue Digger with a happy face. I think you got some support on that idea, my friend." Sam, I am one more one says, "Is there a Shovel Knight shovel-shaped controller peripheral sit working, yeah, being worked on right now?" Oh, that would be so cool. I especially come from a uh, a hardware background. So yeah, that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have the the Shovel Knight Amiibo. I'm a big action figure guy. I don't know if you guys could tell. Yeah, we that. could see. Yes. <laughs> uh, are, are there more Shovel Knight figures maybe going to be happening? Are you working with NECA or something like that? Uh, we the I'm trying to think if there's anything in the pipe. There's a have you seen the first four figures Shovel Knight because that's like this giant. I mean that's like you know the first four figures. They yes, make those enormous huge, statues. Yes. Yeah, so there's so we had those come out not too long ago, which is like almost like a giant version of the amiibo. Um, and then I'm not sure, I'm not sure if there's anything else that we're that we're pushing as far as figures go, but that's definitely something that mm -hmm. we're always keeping in mind. I would love to have just little two inch or three inch figures just of the whole cast yes because we don't we don't have that like i want you know treasure knight and tinker knight totally those, those guys aren't available right now yes that would be awesome well mm -hmm. i think NECA would be a great place to go they they uh they love all of the video game stuff um let's let's talk a little bit about um the 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 lessons from way forward because way forward is still going strong they're still making tons of games and stuff yeah. were there uh, you know you talked a little bit about sort of being in charge of your own destiny and making your own choices uh, post way forward. But were there good things that you were picking up as well with, with the way that way forward sort of got their production line together and got this, the software out? Definitely. Oh my, no work. Don't get me wrong. Working at way forward was like 
amazing and i had an incredible time and met a bunch of incredible people and you know matt Bozon, the creative director of way forward really mentored me a lot and taught me everything i know about 2d games um so yeah that i mean working away forward was amazing don't yeah don't get me wrong and i did learn how to make a game in a short amount of time we when you only got six months to make a game not that every project was short like that yeah but when there was a shorter development cycle you got to start to make decisions about like what's really important and that skill is was very critical for us when we had when we had to make those kinds of decisions um working a way forward was like how we learned how to make games in a real world situation right i think before that you know you could be very uh almost like with an educational slant if you come right out of college you could be working on a game forever and not you know how do you actually finish it and get it done that that's not something that you necessarily learn so that um, that, that does seem to be the toughest thing for me right when you when you have the world is your oyster and and you have the skills and you can literally build anything what do you build <laughs> And, right. and and how do you how do you fin how do you actually get going and do it you know and I guess that's what you learned at, at Way Forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's cool. Now, now Way Forward has done a ton of licensed work and has partnered with lots of different companies. You've done the flip on that with Shovel Knight appearing in tons of different companies' projects and now co-developing and all that. Is there mm -hmm. any kind of a desire to, for Yacht Club to make, um, you know, licensed games? Would you guys want to make a Spider-Man game or something like that? I would like you to make a Spider-Man game, but <laughs> do you guys want to make a Spider-Man game? Uh, you know, we've we in the beginning we said no licenses. That's not what we do. Um, mm because that was because we were all about being all so independent and everything. Yeah. And now that it's the present, I guess I would I'd I'd entertain anything, right? Or it seems like why why not? We could at least talk about it or maybe if there was if there was a group of people within the company that really was so passionate about making this IP, then yeah, why not? Um I guess as long as if the uh as long as we were able to, if it all made sense, then I would say never say never. Very good. Well, that seemed to have been serving you guys very well. I can imagine that uh, a lot of this success that you've had with Shovel Knight was something planned and, and worked hard towards, but so much of it has been goodwill, open door opportunities your way, I would imagine as well, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh we've we got real lucky you know if we if we had been in a different time even slightly or if things had gone even a slightly different way if we hadn't got the build done for packs if kickstarter hadn't had a couple of projects before if we didn't know the, this person or that person i mean you know you can try and you can try and push as hard as you can for success and the do the exact same thing that we did and have not gotten lucky like how we did yeah. so uh yeah i mean i feel very fortunate uh every day you know we, we count our blessings as far as that goes all the time and we tried never to take for granted the fact that we've been given this great you know this great responsibility to to develop great games for everyone you know we take it very seriously and uh yeah try to stay hungry as far as that goes got an amazing question from vr grid um does anyone in yacht club actually own a yacht now <laughs> <laughs> no does any of us even own a house <laughs> uh you know it's a cheeky name this yacht club but the more and more you guys grow like I, our, our production company used to be called greedy productions and it was right. very tongue-in-cheek when we launched same thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but then it caught up with us because we had so much so much work and we were working all the time and our shows were everywhere and it felt like yeah well, this is wrong that our name is is greedy Productions. so we ch it was it started from that innocence <laughs> When you guys buy a yacht, might be the time when you want to change your name. <laughs> right, humble, humble games. Well, I yes. guess they already have that. They already That's did gone. that. They already did uh, that. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh... so let's let's take a look at Cyber Shadow here again for a second. Here, you you've launched a, a game which, by all uh, respects, is getting rave reviews. I, I hope that there's lots of downloads happening, lots of sales going on for you guys. But, mm -hmm. um, can you apply 
some of the lessons, at least, I know that there is some luck involved with the success of, of Shovel Knight, but can you apply some of the lessons of a game like Shovel Knight to a game like Cyber Shadow? And is that the plan now? Do you, do you intend to have, you know, multiple perspectives on the adventure from different characters and, and, and be working along with this series for a long time? Or is it different for every project? Uh, well, that's, I would say whenever we develop a game, we're always looking to see what the next one is going to be or to mm. sequelize it or to make a spin off of it. Or yeah, the, hopefully the idea would be every game, we could make a billion other games off of that one. Uh, but, the, but this is Arnie's game really. And so it's really up to what he wants to do. Um, I would love to see some DLC for cyber shadow. Uh, I would love to see a cyber shadow sequel, um, I think right now Arne is just like sleeping. Well, Sean, let, let Arne sleep. <laughs> then we can talk that stuff. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, I've, I've talked to some developers that are singular and it is a whole other thing. Did you guys try to talk him out of it at all along the, did you, did you offer help or anything or was it, it was it, no, nope, I'm doing this. Yeah. I think by the t- by the time you come to us, you're already you're already in it too far to yeah. <laughs> to give up. Um, but we yeah we just tried to we tried to uh, we tried to help him as much as we could. But you know he really wanted to do you know the whole dang thing himself, and he did and he did. He did it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Had he yeah. worked on another project this big before, or was this his first time kind of getting into the into this stratosphere with the title? worked on like not like this scale like he's gone over some of like his history with me with his projects and they were like i think i think one was like a facebook game or a mobile game or something like that okay but nothing like cyber shadow-esque multiple platforms did he did he do the ports for every machine as well or is that uh is that something that you guys took care of no we we helped him with the ports that's one of the things that we did yeah yeah um yeah um, okay. I mean, I can't really ask you guys too many more questions without really digging into what's in your business plan now. What can we, I mean, we've got Pocket Dungeon and we've got Dig. Those are on the uh, maybe 2021 kind of radar. Um, is there anything else you want to tease us with? We have a potential 3D shovel night. Is there anything else coming up? Oh no! Oh, Comic books? Uh, nothing, no, nothing to no, nothing to announce just just quite yet. There's a, yeah. I mean, really, the thing that we're most excited about right now is just having Cyber Shadow out in the world for everybody mm-hmm. to see. I got yeah. a good one from Sam again. He's he's always got the good questions. Is there a, a story behind how you became the writer for Blood Rain Betrayal? The writer? Well, I because I directed the game, so the, I'm sure they have a writing. I have a writing credit on there. Um, yeah, I directed Blood Rain Betrayal, which was a 2D side-scrolling game made in 2009 for Xbox Live Arcade. Oh, but yes, it has yes, like yes. it has like hand-drawn it has like hand-drawn graphics and right. uh, it, it's a it's like a combat-based it's like a combat platformer, almost like a like a Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, but in 2D. And um, yeah, it's real. That game is tough as nails, but we really enjoyed working on it. And, I love uh, it. The the writing is <laughs> not probably not my <laughs> not my best work. Um, and Jake Kaufman also helped with the writing on that. You know, as he does, Jake Kaufman, who is the musician for Shovel Knight, the composer, uh, has worked with me on scripts for well since since then. That's two yeah two thousand seven two thousand eight. Yeah, awesome. we've been working together forever. What do you guys play? Do you play the new stuff, or do you sort of gravitate more to the uh, to the classics? Oh, like, yeah. Do do you, are you big retro gamers? Yes. Do you, do you, uh, yes. So what do you it, play, it's Celia? Kind of, oh, oh my gosh. Well, I like indie and retro, but I'll play AAA as well. Like I just finished um, on the indie side of things, Night in the Woods. Just mm-hmm. to beat that, I'm going to do a second playthrough soon. Um, but like on the other side, like I've been replaying Jack and Daxter. Awesome. <laughs> I bought that for my PS4. Um, I just discovered that um, Okami and uh, Harvest Moon for PS2 is on PS4. So I'm going to be buying that and playing it. So yeah, I'm just living a 
early 2000s lifestyle. I love it. I mean, there was some great adventurous creativity back then. How about you? How about you, Sean? Uh, Wow. Yeah, I really love playing all kinds of games from all times uh so let's see i just started replaying mother three again um i put in you know since the quarantine i put in about a thousand hours into mortal kombat 11 uh (laughs) for some reason that i don't 100 percent understand i've just been so into that oh it's an incredible game do you do you play against other people or just you're always it's all combat league yeah combat league that's great yeah, it's, it makes me real angry, but you know, my my RoboCop game is getting better than ever. Uh, I, I was playing what was that game where your dwarves battle rock battle rock deep rock battle? Oh yes, the deep rock uh, galactic. Yeah, deep, yes, that's <laughs> that a very cool. weird, cool game though. That's awesome. Yeah, and then we we just rolled a new Minecraft server, but we're playing a heavily modded version called Minecraft Eternal, and it has like three hundred different mods on it. So you could like program a computer, or you could like make a rocket that goes to the moon, or you could like be a wizard, or you could go to another dimension. Oh wow! Uh, that was that's been insane. Uh, I finished Final Fantasy 15 over quarantine. That's cool. Um, we just played. We just finished Punch Out for Wii the other day. Oh yeah, um, classic. That's yeah, it's an amazing one. So good. Uh, it's truly all over the place. <laughs> is that ne- is that next level that made the Punch Out? I think it yeah, is. Yeah, it's next level. Yeah. yeah. Now in a, now a Nintendo Studio. It's full yeah, full subsidiary. That's the so wild. Mansion people. Yeah. So this is so that's cool. Then like. I imagine that the story is probably a little bit different with all of the team members that work on the games, but you play the new stuff and does it inform the, the kind of retro vibe of choices when you make a a 2d action platformer like you do? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all the games that we play are influence us massively. I mean, the new, the new zeitgeist of game, development is what we're always chasing when we're even though we're like using the old visuals or like the old systems so so many things have happened in in recent years uh yeah from how games are structured to to making things a little bit easier for the player um just like how the loop of the game works and what it's like to play it all that stuff worth thinking about really all the time as we're uh well, as as we're playing, and then it all comes back and loops back in again. So yeah, it's really just uh, it's all a big soup, I think, in our collective brain, and I we just it. try and pull out the best parts. You you've had uh, and you know some incredible success with the collaborations that you've already had. Is there a dream, you know, collaboration that you would like to see happen? Um, we'll start with you, Celia. Oh man, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one. What would what would you like to see, Sean? Oh, Shovel Knight collab. Um, well, it sure would be cool for Mega Man and Shovel Knight to be in a game together. If they, you know, that I guess that's the that's the big one. That would be cool. That would be amazing. How would that but, work? I mean, I don't. I have no idea. I, they put. They'd have to put Shovel Knight in a Mega Man game as a as a boss. You know, Shovel yeah. Man. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, something like that. That's what I would. And then if that does well, then Mega Man uh, time travels back to the era of Shovel Knight. Right. We'll do the Capcom. Right. We'll do the Capcom SNK thing. Right. They they could go first. Capcom versus Yacht Club, and then we'll. And then it's like, when's Yacht Club versus Capcom coming? <laughs> You know, we're I still waiting. It. We're still waiting on that one. Yeah. Okay. So now that I know the scope of things, okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So if I had to make requests, ooh, okay, it is tough. But uh, shovel knight roller coaster tycoon. What? Ooh. We finally get Sean's dream of a theme park. All and right. you can also do spinoffs where it's the zoo, and you can just have a bunch of propeller rats in a cage somewhere hanging uh, out, yeah, doing awesome. their thing. I don't know. Yeah. These are things that I'd want. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure that the uh, the Nintendo theme park concept <laughs> came out of Nintendo crafting theme park levels in so many of their games over the years that they could just yeah. go to Universal and say, "Here, we've already designed it for you. This this is how you get your Shovel Knight theme park, man." This is how you yeah. do it, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, theme parks are are such a big uh, are such a big draw. I think as as game developers, theme parks are just so fascinating. Yes, uh, 
it's like going to go into a theme park and being immersed in everything the way that every direction you look there's always it's it's like there are no seams right yes. the whole experience mm-hmm. is just always like perfectly curated for you yep. and the and the psychology of the of of what you're thinking as you're going through walking is like the same as putting yourself in the brain of what the player is as they're playing what they're going to be looking at what they're going to be doing just being able to be immersed in that world that's i don't know that i love Love oh, they're incredible, Dis- and there Disneyland is such an analogy especially. there, right? They're so they're such they're so analogous. You can see designers right. that make games end up working on theme parks, and vice versa. You see that all the time. Yeah, mad respect yeah. for that. Yeah, I yeah, love definitely. it. And I'm holy crap, do I miss being able to go to Disneyland? I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> that was the last thing that we went. My family and I we were in Vancouver. We went to. Um, uh, Star Wars land for my birthday and my kid's birthday last year. Oh, wait, so did, did you go to, so did you see uh, the new, what was the new ride? Um, yeah, Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, yeah so got you're on one all of the that. Few. Oh man, it was only like a month or two. Yep. I went before Rise of the Resistance was open or it was, I couldn't get a ticket for Rise of the Resistance, but we yep. could walk around Galaxy's Edge. And it was we just we like, had to oh. wait at eight o'clock in the morning and be on an app with a thousand <laughs> other people to, and we did it and uh, and we got on. So yeah, it was, it was an it was magic, man. I made a lightsaber and the whole thing. It was, you're so right. It is like jumping into a game. It's like you yeah. live in that game space, right? It's so cool. Yeah, love, we gotta love we gotta kickstart a a shovel knight theme park. Yeah. <laughs> need a lot. We we'll need a lot of. Uh... <laughs> We need a lot of big funding for that. <laughs> Crash yeah. the shovel, the uh, the Kickstarter servers. We're like, yeah, we, well, we can't cope with this. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we'll have we'll have to ask all those GameStop billionaires to fund us. Yeah, <laughs> or get <Sorry>. Arby's <laughs> to sponsor you. Right, come on. How about it? Yeah, they could have restaurants in their park, and that'd be the exclusive. <laughs> right. Uh, Sam, I am one 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 would like a Tomo Itagaki Ninja Gaiden Shovel Knight action game. That would be insane. Oh, uh, that would oh be really gosh, cool. Yeah. Itagaki and Ninja, especially Ninja Gaiden Black on Xbox is one of my favorite games. That like, you know, ultimate three D action game yes. at that time. I was so so into it. It was like uh, I would love to see something like that. But that would be like a Specter Knight game, wouldn't it? If you're sure gonna have would. Platinum, if you're gonna have Platinum make an action game, it's got to be Specter Knight, not Shovel Knight, because Shovel Knight's not cool enough. See, that's my dream collaboration for you guys. Is you guys work with Platinum on something? That would be that would that would be amazing. That would be so good. Uh, let's see one one other question here. I got uh, or, or comment where I I just saw it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Oz1812 says, Cub Reporter Lucas, can you... Our first season of Electric Playground, my credit was Cub Reporter. Uh, Can you ask them about the art book? Was it produced in-house? I believe Udon made the art book. Cool. Yeah, so it was a a Shovel Knight official design works. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, they did amazing on that. This this has been amazing. I've loved having you guys on. Thank you so much for doing this under, you know, kind of short circumstances this week. But I, I wanted to celebrate the launch of Cyber Shadow. Uh, so congratulations on that. And also huge congrats from me and from everybody on the chat and from all of the EP fans on on the huge success at Yacht Club. You guys just keep making awesome things, okay? Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Re- thank re- you. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was great. You guys are fantastic. This is Celia Schilling and Sean Velasco from Yacht Club Games. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you all for watching and for listening. We will see you soon. And until then, play forever.